Blog Talk Radio. the Gap 2 Guru of Gumbo. We're back at it once again in the lab, Block Talk Radio's best Block Talk show out there under Block Talk USA station. I am glad to be here. It's a Thursday night. We're in the middle of the frozen tundra of Texas, of all places. I don't know if you've been watching on the news. I don't know if you've been out and about if you're in the South, but uh, it is rough out there. It reminds me of the blizzards that used to come through East Moline and the Quad Cities when I was a young man, when I was a boy, in fact. And it's not much different than that. I mean, we've got snow on the ground anywhere from 4 to 10 inches in some places, and there's no snow plows, there's no salt trucks, it's just compacted snow and ice and slush sometimes, and it's getting worse. I've been out there the last three days working um, because other people won't, and that's something we're going to be talking about today, these strategies when it relates to business. The only reason why I'm really out there is business and if I need to hunt for food. But other than that, I'm here. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that y'all were able to tune in because I'm giving away all this good game and it's for my gumbo listeners. So tonight we're in the third part of business in a series. Tonight we're entitling it Business is Business, and and that's all it is. You can't take it personal unless it's your own business, and then even in that, if you take it personal, you got to remember everything business is business. It's going to be people that come, and there's going to be people that go, and so tonight we're going to talk a little bit about some strategy, and I want to hip you to my little synopsis uh, so that you know what you can expect tonight on the show. Uh, this third part, we're going to be discussing um, how you move from a hustle to a handcrafted business. The time is always now to make the approaches better for the appropriate changes you need to see yourself as a business. And, and why not put all the things that you've learned in work, in failed businesses, other people's work, other people's failed businesses, other people's successes uh, for yourself so that you can translate those techniques into a business that you own yourself. And, and you've got to seize the day. And this is what we're going to be discussing. So I wanted to run down some things for you because ultimately – just about everything we do is a business. We just don't look at it that way. But when you start looking at everything you do as far as what you make and everything you do as far as what you spend, if you came from a business perspective, it would make more sense. And it might even help you to get more of a quality of life because you think business-wise. I'm going to give you for an example. 
There's a code 179 in business about vehicles that you can purchase under your business. If the payload, if the weight of the vehicle, not including a payload, but if the weight of a vehicle is over a certain weight, you can write that vehicle off as a fleet vehicle for your business. Now, most people jump to big trucks and all this and that, but I was in a discussion today, um, a client, it was one of those people that I knew what I was getting into when I started the discussion because you know how you get that feeling about somebody, but anyway, he was talking. I was like, yeah, they're just not into buying businesses just recently, uh, last two years, year and a half. I've been running a business since 2000 and no, since 1996. 1996, I've had some kind of business or other, and I've been selling stuff since I was six. But he's trying to tell me about this code 179. I told him I know all about it. He said, well, let me tell you what it is. And I was like, I already know about it. So you're talking about the weight class of a vehicle. He's like, yeah, let me tell you. the weight. You know how people, you tell them you know what they're talking about, and they keep on trying to explain to you like I'm stupid? I, I try not to do that. Um, probably some people would accuse me of doing that, but I, I don't. That's not my intention if, if I ever came across that way. But if you buy a vehicle, I think it's 6,000 pounds, something like that, you, you can write it off the whole thing on your, on your taxes or your business, and you can drive it. I told him, I said, you know, you could have got a G-Wagon, and everybody, a lot of people like them Mercedes G-Wagons, and you would have been able to write it off, but they bought a GLE 43 Mercedes. And I told them, yeah, I like the GLE 63 or the AMG 63 better than that. They're like, yeah, we couldn't afford this. There's $20,000 more. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, it had been $20,000 more, but you would have written off over over double that on the vehicle when you bought it. And you could have saved that money, you know. But anyway, they bought a truck. And as you know, if you, you do the business codes right and you have a business in your name and you, you get a certain kind of vehicle, you can write it off. You, you, it's just like you making money, and if you spend $50,000 on this vehicle, you basically are spending like twenty five. It's a wonderful strategy, a loophole in business. So that right there alone, if you were interested in buying a you know, G-Wagon, a big one, you 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 would you would want to look at the weight classes if you're interested in buying a truck a 2500 uh, what are the three quarter ton or 250 or whatever they're called um, under the vehicle brand that you like uh, you can do that if you look at the business code and you buy a certain weight class so I'm I'm telling you all this because we do a lot of spending right we do a lot of we do a, we do a little bit of earning but we do a lot of spending and if we spent wisely we would be able to make a difference. Let me tell you about gold and jewelry. I, I came out of a lifestyle uh, twice, a hustling lifestyle, and I worked in the music business, and a lot of people were into gold and diamonds. You can go and buy the cheap diamonds because you want to get a lot of diamonds and make a chain look good, but if you were to go and buy the high quality, the VVSs, and, and the good gold that's, you know, at least 14 carat. And you want to get the, the some of the chains 18 karat. I wish I'd have been thinking about this. I would have showed you all the chain I got. I didn't have to buy it though, 
but I have a chain that's 20 carat from, from Kuwait. And it's got a big piece on it and everything. It's 18 carat. That chain is worth more than probably half of the other jewelry, rings and jewelry I've ever bought in my life. It's probably worth half of all of that in one chain. Well, I'm holding on to that because the amount of gold in it, the pure, the pureness of the gold is worth something. It's worth more than another chain I have that's heavier and bigger. Of course, I don't have it anymore. I sold it. The point is, is I'm, it's an investment. I can turn that gold into money. Same thing with the vehicles. If you're going to go buy a vehicle, go ahead and get the high-quality vehicle, something that you can resell. You know, don't get a vehicle that you look at it and you know people are giving them a diamond dozen away. Get something that you're going to resell. Hey, invest in a box Chevy. Do you know how much these youngsters, how much, well, I shouldn't say youngsters, you know how much cats are paying for a 1982 uh, uh, um, uh, Landau nowadays? You can, you can, you can, I got a cousin. Right now, he's got a box Chevy. I think it's is 83 or 84. That box Chevy is worth about 35 grand. Now, he's got the big rims and paint and interior and the speakers and all the whoop out to do that and do dance all on it. But it's, it's a vehicle that he can, you know, make a return investment on. Marketing for your business is everything. You, you are remiss if you don't tell folks about what you're doing. Everything you do, you know, some people don't like to blow their own whistle. I think I talked about it two weeks ago on the first part of this series about you're a sad dog that won't wag its own tail. You have to market everything. So I talked about it too, about I have a lot of shirts, you know, both T-shirts, button-downs. I'm going to do some long sleeves cottons with some embroidery on it. Um, I'm going to look at maybe doing some hats to wear that have my, my stuff on it. Uh, everything I want to wear is going to have my name on it. I might even get some jackets or, 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 or lightweight um, windbreakers that I see that I wear with my school rock and L on it. I'm going to get jackets with a, a TMN on it, the mobile notary, you know, and, um, I might even invest in a an, an, an embroidery machine. I remember a friend of mine, Tim. Tim's wife was in the doing embroidery. So all of his sweaters, the, the sweaters you just buy at you know the store, and they look like you know they they look nice, but they're just regular no brand sweaters. She had created him a logo with a TW, a T, and then the first part of the W was the the T, and then the W finished, so it was like TW, and they had that on all of his sweaters and shirts and socks and everything he had embroidered on. That's, it looks dope. It looks like you own a brand, and the brand was his initials. So if you start marketing yourself everywhere with everything you have, one, you can write off everything or, or portion of everything that you have, and then two, you, you – um. Even if you give it away, somebody can wear it, and they'll have your shirt with your business on it. I mean, a lot of us bought T-shirts for years to give away, and it was so that people would walk around and be billboards. Those are still good options, too. Depends on what kind of business you're in. But even in that, you, you, everybody, I have it written down right here, 
Everyone is a future client. So you market to people that will eventually be customers. So there's nothing you can do with marketing I think is wrong. My my sister, my, my play sister out in Florida, she said she, she bought some magnets um, for her business, and they're going to go out on a, on a restaurant's deliveries. So many odd number is going to go all over that area, and it's going to saturate that area um, when they deliver uh, with magnets that people can put on the refrigerator. And you know magnets can last on the refrigerator for years, years, decades. And those magnets, those people will see, and if they want to become or, or they want to become a home owner or they want to sell a house, she's a realtor in, in the uh, Daytona Beach area, you're going to look up and you're going to see a picture and a name, Tanrika Smith, realtor, and when you get ready to do your thing, you're going to have that on there and you'll know that. So that's not a bad thing when it comes to marketing is using all the things you can to, to put yourself out there in areas and ways that, that, that are, are cost-effective to your budget, okay? I'm going to sneak this in here. Snacks are so important. Let me tell you something. Um, women, ladies, ladies love snacks. Ladies love snacks. If you have a business or you're doing something, even when I did the Lyft and the Uber thing for a little while, I was just messing around. I, I, I did it in the late night hour when I was done working during the day or I didn't have anything going on with my business that evening. I'd get out there. Now, I made a lot of money. I was making about five or $600 just on two or three days uh, of doing it a week um, when I was doing it. Um, but, but, um, I had snacks. I had a thing with mints because a lot of people were going out to the clubs. I told you I did it at night. They were going out to clubs or coming back from clubs. I had little candies. I had a little plethora of gums. I had bottles of water in a little cooler back there. And I told them you could grab a cool bottle of water if you wanted one out of the cooler that I had in the seat. Um, I just had, and I had my Tahoe, so it was easy to carry around a lot of stuff. I had phone chargers. If you have a business, right, what is it to, to pick up? I got, hell, right here, these ones I don't even use. Look at this. These charger cords, right? But what I did do when I was doing Uber, I, I have Android phones. So my charger ends are like these, right? But, you know, they have those, uh, what is it, lightning or flash or whatever. I think it's lightning. I'm, I'm not a, I, I, phone person, but the lightning ends, I, I had bought two or three of those cords, and, and I had them just in case somebody stole them, but nobody ever did steal them, but I had them in the truck so that people could charge up their phones if they wanted to while I was taking them to and from. But if you have a business, it'd be good to have those creature comforts right along with snacks in case somebody wants a bottle of water. You may not drink soda. You may not drink juice, but you have the, the, the top juices and sodas. Always have some Cokes, the real deal Cokes, the real deal Sprites, and some fruit beverages, you know, that are, that are, that are soda waters, that are cold drinks. You put them in the refrigerator. Bottles of water, the mini ones, and uh, some bottles of juice. You put them in the refrigerator, and then you keep them cool. Just in case somebody wants a cool beverage, get the little snack packs, the little bags of the chips with all different chips in it. You keep them in your business. They don't have to be out on display. But let me tell you something. I went to the – I had an infection in this eye 
back at the beginning of the year, where it came from. They thought it might have come from wearing a mask, and I accidentally let that mask get up in my eye, and something infected it. But I had this eye was swollen shut. No, nobody hit me in the eye. Um, and when I went to that hospitality ER, they had snacks. They had snacks in the lobby, and they had snacks in the little room. That was so comforting to know I could just grab a snack. If you have a business that's brick and mortar and you have customers that come in, they might have kids. You need snacks. Business is business. If you keep people happy, you just don't know what a ginger ale would do for somebody who loves ginger ale and uh, they just happen to be sitting there and they have to wait. No matter how long it is, if it's only a two-minute wait or it's a 20-minute wait, what if our doctor's offices had snacks for us? A little bottle of water. I go to these car dealerships where I only deal with Patterson. When I go get an oil change, they always have bottles of water. They sometimes have popcorn. Popcorn is going to – a little popcorn machine, popping popcorn in a business. They do that at Clayton Homes, too. You know, the manufacturing home business, they do the popcorn. That fresh popcorn smell is a comforting thing. Not that, not that microwave junk. Fresh popcorn going on in your business. If it's a rotating business where people come in and you want them to feel comfortable, put them snacks out there. Learn at every turn. We're at 817. We're one-third of the way through the show, and I've already gave you all a dynamic way to grow a business and, and, and start off strong. And this next little section, uh, learn at every turn, all to do with you taking the time to utilize what you have had going on in your life for yourself. What do we got there? Oh, that's Brandon inviting people. Thank you, B. Norris, for inviting folks. So when I was a young person, I, I did work at uh, for Mr. Pittman, one of my first jobs. That was my first job, working at an apartment complex, doing maintenance with him. I moved on to work in the food industry. I worked at a, at a four-star restaurant, and then I went on with that chef to move on to work in a catering business that also was an event center. So we catered to people that rented the event center that had dinners and food and whatever. So anything from hors d'oeuvres and light snacks to full-blown snake, I mean snake, steak meals and chicken dishes and all that kind of stuff. We did fricassee. We did all that stuff, you know, steak tartare, you name it. Filet mignon, we, we had it at this top-of-the-line place. I, I learned some things about in the kitchen and being humble about washing dishes and bussing down tables. But the whole time I learned how to cook all these amazing dishes. I learned how to hold that skillet just right to flip. I learned how to cook eggs to perfection. I mean, I, I just I learned a lot just working in the kitchen with a chef. And then you, you, you move on to the, to the sales and all the things I did, hustling and you name it, in the streets, the record industry, the selling of cars and used furniture and moving furniture, working at grocery stores, all these things. I put the customer service techniques I learned from all of those places into the mobile notary. The things that worked, 
and I try to avoid the things that don't. But to the bigger picture is I learned at every turn. Don't get me wrong. Some of those businesses I was in that I was working, I hated. I hated it with a passion. I did not want to go to work. I thought, you know, oh, I did a moving company one time. That taught me so much. I worked one day at a moving company, United Van Lines. And and the only thing I did was, was that unload or load? Unload. I didn't even do a load. I didn't do the packing up and stuff. I just unloaded a 52-foot trailer full of this doctor's um, stuff into their house. And that one day of moving a whole 52-foot trailer by emptying it, I learned I didn't want to do that for a living. I forgot about the call sales. You know, the, the telemarketing places, oh, my cousin Ricky and I, we worked at a place, I probably told it before, it's called Apex. It was in Davenport, Iowa. It was in 1993, 1994, maybe, maybe 96, summer of 96. It might have been then. Man, hands down, when I learned, because my cousin Ricky was a hustler, when I learned how to get on that phone and lie to them people, and get put me out of the way and just remember, shoot, I'm just trying to get these folks to buy this AT&T, whatever it was we were selling. It was something AT&T, a product that people would uh, would uh, call in, and then we try to sell them on, on the product that they were, uh, they were trying to get. And, you know, sometimes it was cold calling, depending on what, what strategy that we were using that day. And, uh, man, let me tell you, I learned so much about how to talk on the phone. I, heard, I, I learned that when you're talking on the phone, you have to talk with your facial gestures in mind. And so I kept a smile on my face while I was talking. And it's a difference, man, when, you, when you're talking and you got a smile on your face, folks can tell, hey, look, this person here must have a smile on their face talking to me. They're excited about what they're telling me. It was all kinds of things I learned doing that. But But what I'm telling you is, I had all kinds of jobs, and those jobs helped me to grow a business to have the customer service strategies that I need to use. Now, do they work every day? No, because I have bad days, and there's some customers, they get real close to getting cussed out. But instantly in my head, a switch goes, I've never had an interaction with them, even though they're doing the same thing as the other people that get on my nerves are doing. I have to remember, this is my first interaction with them. And so I learn at every turn. When you work at a clinic, there are certain things you learn in a clinic that you can use in other businesses. You use that. You learn at every turn. No matter if you like it or not, what you're doing now is going to help you in your own business later if you pick up on the strategies that your company or the organization or entity uses to reach their customers, you want it to reach you and, and your customers. You can also, now that it's 823, um, roughly halfway through the show, you have to understand also, you have to develop others' mistakes. People make mistakes. I told you all a story that came out of the book, you know, uh, Think and Grow Rich, um, about the man who gave up on the, the, the mine, and then the other guy came through and just kept digging in the same spot, hit the biggest gold mine that has ever been struck. And then the other guy, he said, I'm going to never give up again, and he created the biggest insurance company. Those things happen. 
but they happen because you develop others. It's okay to learn from other people, okay? It's okay to look at other folks' means and ways and say, you know what, I can do that, or I'll never do that. So you got to have your mind ready, not only to learn at every, every turn, but you got to also develop from mistakes. Now that we're at, at, at the halfway point, y'all know I can go hard in the paint and just keep going. But I want to, I want to, I want to leave something—a little nugget—right here for you all. Hustle can turn into muscle. That means. All that grinding you're doing is going to build you up in the right way. You know, like exercise, you exercise, you're turning that, what you have in the muscle. But what's one of the most important things in exercising or hustling and then turning that hustle into muscle? What's the important thing with exercise, another thing you do? I'm going to tell you. You've got to start trimming the fat. So this is a literal and a figurative thing. If, you, you, if you're wanting to be a wealthy person, you know, not just in mind and in health, because I'm going to talk about that right here too, but be actually wealthy as far as monetarily, and you want to do it for a long time, you're going to have to start taking care of the temple that you have to do it with. In taking care of your temple, you're going to have to learn to trim the fat both literally and figuratively. That means some things that you've been doing that are heavy on you, you have to either stop doing or cut out or titrate down on. Me, like a whole lot of other people, I love ice cream. I would love to have a big bowl of ice cream every night. But the problem with that is is that there's a lot of fat. I also have diabetes. So it's not going to help me with my blood sugar, and it's not going to help me with trimming the fat. So I don't have ice cream every night. Do we have ice cream in the freezer? Yes, my mom makes sure we have ice cream. For some reason, she gets us all the pistachio almond and the butter pecan ice cream that we can stand. So we have it. Point is, is I may get some once every couple of weeks because it's in there and we have it doesn't mean we have to eat it. I know some of you are like, I wish I did have some butter pecan in my freezer as cold as it is outside, but I haven't been able to go to the store and the store shelves are empty. I'd tear the frame out of some butter pecan right now. I know some of y'all are saying it. You don't want to say it on here, but I know you are. You're thinking about it. Ooh, I could really use some ice cream, and it's 20 degrees outside. But, but nevertheless, you've got to trim the fat. If you stopped buying the ice cream, you would stop wasting money. You would, in turn, also have maybe more produce or meat to eat, hopefully not bread. But do you see what I'm saying? you got to hustle till you get the muscle, and then you got to also trim the fat, meaning that there are expenses. Right now I'm working on this profit-first system. It's, it's got me putting X amount of dollars away from my own salary, X amount of dollars away for my expenses, and then X amount of dollars for taxes that I may have to pay, and then X amount of dollars for profit, okay? So um, I got my pay, my profit, my taxes, and my expenses. Well, when I divvy up everything, instead of 
if I made a thousand dollars deposit that's going to hit today, if I made a thousand dollars from one of the companies I worked with last week, I, I really don't have a thousand. I really have owner's pay of about four hundred dollars. I have expenses of four hundred dollars with that. I have taxes of a hundred dollars, and I have a profit of a hundred dollars. Profit goes away every few months out of the year. I take fifty percent of the profit over for my um, dividends of, from, from that profit, and the other 50% stays in to grow the bank of the business. And then the 40% of the expenses, that's what I use. That's all I have for that month for expenses on things. Can't go buy new, new tablets. Can't go buy um, some more J's or anything like that. I've only got $400 I made this, you know, this past week. I can't just go spend all that. I've got other expenses. I've got, you know, gas and oil changes and tires and maintenance on the vehicle. All these things I have to do, they're expenses on the business. I have to keep in mind that those things roll over every so often, so I have to use that. But every week, every month, I don't have what I used to have, just the money that you make. If you make 1000 ooh, it sits in there. I got 1000 to play with. No, my mindset is I'm a business. So I made that money, but I, it also cost me something to make that money. I had to go and get it. I had to use a lot of this. This is actually Thing. I hope you didn't see the name on there, but I'm, I'm, you see, I'm working tonight. I worked, I worked so hard today out there in that weather. It was ridiculous. You're talking about grinding and getting it today. Them folks were trying to get closings done, and nobody else was working. But in Longview, I was all the way up. I can't even tell you what kind of day I had today. And the one I had yesterday and the one I'm going to have tomorrow if it don't get canceled for this weather. But I'm, these three days when it's been down, I've been up. But anyway, I, I hustle. Because I'm trying to get the muscle, and I'm trimming the fat because I'm not wasting money on things. Now, do I have money to play with? Absolutely. I don't have a lot to play with, but I have money to play with. So it's, it's okay for me to, to, to indulge on certain things. I want to stop and get a steak and potatoes. It's not going to hurt me it's, as long as it's within my budget. Now, next thing, you, when I talked about going and getting it, Today and yesterday and Tuesday and tomorrow, um, and my prices are, are up because of the weather. Um, my next point here is 8.30. We got 15 more before minutes, and I got plenty of time to talk about business and business. Hey, I want you all to put things in the comments if you want me to talk about something, a strategy that you think I might, uh, might can talk about to help someone or yourself. Go ahead and comment there on Facebook. If you're online, let me see, is anybody on the phone line? Maybe my mom, I don't know. No, nobody's on the phone lines. If you want to comment or, you know, talk on the show, the, the number is 515-605-9375. I'm going to put that down there in the comments, 515-605-9375. And you can call in and uh, you can discuss your topic. But otherwise, just drop it in there and we can, uh, we can discuss it. But my, my point here, at 31 minutes past the hour, 14 minutes to go on the show. We're talking business is business here on the Gumbo Talk Show. You're truly the gap to the guru of Gumbo, Blog Talk USA. And the sponsor tonight is none other than the Mobile Notary. Um, you can find that at seeitsignit.com or you can go to Google, 
and type in the mobile notary of Longview, and you can see everything you want to see about my business. And I'm on Yelp, and just about anywhere you type in a search engine, Bing, and whatever, I should pop up, right? So here we go. Go places others refuse and build where the future is. Now, I want to break down, break down those two things. Going places others refuse. I was talking to my friend Duke. Duke and I have become really good friends over the past two years because we have similar mindsets. So if you hear me talk about my friend Duke, um, her and I, we talk on the phone all the time about business and about different strategies of how to grow our businesses and, and develop into better people. And I was telling her about um, what I was doing, and she's got a new business where she has to drive around. And I was telling her, you, you know, you and I, we both go places other people won't go. We live over here in this neighborhood in Southern Longview. A lot of people that do business don't want to do business over here because they think for some reason they're going to get shot. And I would love to see anybody that was innocent or not involved in anything at all that's ever gotten shot over here. It's always something going on. Uh, when somebody gets hurt, and that happens everywhere, okay? More people get shot on the other side of town unnecessarily, um, if you will, than over here. So uh, that's a whole lot of bull. But since it is what it is, um, people don't want to drive and do business over here. Um, I'm ready. So if you want to pay me because you think it's an area where people don't want to go or do business at a little bit more because of the community, come on with it. I'm going to take your green, right? And I'm going to act green so that I can get that green. I'm, I'm serious. They're paying more to go into areas that a lot of people refuse to go. I charge more this week because of the weather because people won't get out here in it. Now, I might be foolish to be going out there, but I'm not doing it haphazardly. I told you all, I'm from Illinois. I'm an Illinois boy. My dad taught me to drive. I was driving around at eight years old, a stick shift, 1978 model Honda Civic hatchback. I was driving that thing at eight. And then we got a 1984 Honda Accord, maroon in color. We're stick shifting that, Okay. In 84, 85, okay? I'm telling you, I've been driving for years in the snow and the rain and the ice. I know how to do it in a stick shift, not alone just to, to stand with these, these, uh, man, these uh, automatics that we're driving. So I'm out there in a Honda Accord going, blowing past people in trucks because they're stuck because they don't know how to commit and stay off the brakes and just keep rolling. You keep rolling. I'm staying on the gas. Yeah, it's slowing down, but I'm going. I'm going. Yeah, the tires, it shows me that the tires are slipping. I got one of them things that show you when your tires are slipping. They got a little gauge that shows I'm slipping, but I know what I'm doing. I'm working that wheel. I'm working that wheel. When I'm slowing down, when I got to make a turn, I'm rolling that thing. I ain't hitting no brakes and no curve. I'm rolling. I got control. So I know what I'm doing a little bit, but I can't control the other people. But I'm still out there when others refuse to go because I'm willing to do it. Yes, it's a risk going places other people refuse to go, but if it's familiar to you, you know how to act and interact in these places. This is what's going to grow your business. You've got to get in the niche 
or the niche or whatever you want to call it, N-I-C-H-E, over the E, the niche market, right? You've got to do things. You've got to get in that pocket that other people just don't know how to fit in. See, I'm a round peg, right? But I can fit into a square hole. I can be a square. A lot of people think I'm a square. I look like a square nowadays. Point is, is that I know I'm not. My edges are well-rounded, okay? They're well-rounded. I don't have sharp edges, right? I'm well-rounded. And, and, and that means I bounce like round ball because I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bounce back. If, I, if, I, if, I, if it's a miss, if it's an air ball, I'm putting my, I'm, instead of me putting the ball in the hands of Shaquille O'Neal to make the shot, I'm going to put myself in the hands of Steph Curry. So I put myself, I put my mindset in, in, in the care of Jesus, literally. Now, everybody else don't have to say that. I'm not trying to push nothing on nobody. I literally rely on God. I'm not depending on the police to help me. I rely on God. And let me tell you, somebody cross me, they better hope they have God too. I rely on going places others refuse to go, and that always is a place for growth. What you got here, D, says, are most minorities scared to invest their financial into themselves? It's a fear factor associated with starting a business. Absolutely, because we have a mindset of working. Remember, we were talking about this the other week, how certain demographic or generations look at working for someone as being a comfort. And that, that, has, that has constantly went generation to generation, where even schooling is all about you need more school, but you need to go to school because you need to get a good job. But they don't tell you, you really don't need school. You just need to pick up on these few things, a few things about math, a few things about reading and writing, and maybe some things in science, and, 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 and maybe one other thing or two. History might help you so you don't repeat mistakes that others did. And if you learn these things, it will keep you out of trouble. And you can do whatever you want to do, whether you want to do a business or work for somebody. But a lot of that is generational things. I was talking about that with a friend, uh, trend, tradition. A lot of things in tradition we do not understanding that it's our demise from relying on tradition. We do that in church. There's a lot of traditional things that have been wrong. Uh, my mom's pastor talked about um, the tradition of the white church saying that the black folks are cursed uh, by ham. It's a curse of ham is the reason why black folks will never make it and we're bad. And we don't teach folks that really it's the curse of Canaan. It ain't the curse of ham. And if you knew who came through the Canaanites, you knew who was really the cursed people and who was really the blessed people. But even if there is such a thing as a curse, when Jesus came, the curse was broken. So we have to get out of the mindset of thinking that our traditions keep us locked in. Yes, most people are scared to invest, but you got to be willing to say, okay, I've learned a lot. I've seen these folks with business make a quarter of a million dollars a year. I don't even need quarter of a million. If I make 100 k a year, I'm good. So all you got to do is be as, as half as good as them. But if you really looked at it yourself and you looked at it, anybody that's listening to this show, if you my people, 
I know you, you know me. We do things way better into the excellent side than we do into the bullshit side of things. And if we are worth half as much as these folks who be half-assing in the middle and they're making a quarter of a million, we could make 125 k easily. I'm bullshitting right now. I'm supposed to have my insurance license by now. I've got a lady who's willing to help me. She's making three to four hundred k a year. She said she was going to make four hundred k last year. I don't know if she made it with the corona. Maybe she did, but with insurance. And I said to myself, this lady here, you know, she's cool and all, but she ain't no hustler like me. I ain't knocking her hustle, but I'm like, if she told me her strategy of what she did and how, how much she worked and how I work, if I just did half of that with the hustle I have, I could make 200K? I know I'm bullcorning. I'm sitting right here bullcorning. Half the clients I would have had then died through 2020, right? But, but I got to get up off my ass and get that license. I need that other thing, that other stream of income. And it's not anything else but that my business has really taken over that when I have free time from school, which is my side job, I, I, I'm working my business almost 100% of the time. Only reason why I'm not out there in them streets now is because I got this show. I'm dedicated to doing this show. And plus, it's getting bad out there. I'd be a fool to be out there late. Now, my, my, my tab had to go uh, get Kaylee from work, but evidently she knows what she's doing. She made it back earlier, but, I, I, you know, anyway, they out there. Um, and I, my phone ain't rang to say that they ain't ran into nothing. But, but, you, but you see what I'm saying? It's, it's a fear because of tradition. We can get past it if we just tried ourselves. If we said, you know, I've worked for these folks too long. I know how to do this myself. I can run a, an education company and make money in these school systems taking these strategies of education there and helping out with science, math, and, 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 and what else I said? Science, math, um, the STEAM stuff, technology and engineering, yeah, the, the STEAM or the, or the STEM, whatever way you want to put it, uh, all those things. I can, I can make these strategies work for all kinds of schools. Or I'm in the healthcare industry. I know a strategy, like, for instance, it's a brother that used to be, I was talking about him yesterday uh, to another doctor that I did a closing on, and I was telling them some strategies because the doctor was impressed. And I was like, you, in my mind, I'm, he's only impressed because I can talk on his level. And um, we were talking about a buddy that I, I know through Dr. Mitchell, um, that was a doctor down in um, Waco when all those bikers got into that bullshit and killed all them people at that bar and shot each other, and then nobody went to jail for it. That's crazy. White folks can get away with some stuff, y'all. They killed all them people, shot up a whole restaurant with kids and women and everything in it, shot that place to shit, and then nobody go to jail. They went to jail, but they got out. Everybody got charges dropped. It was weird. They got them on camera, and they, they just all got off. It was like, Wow. But anyway, that doctor, a brother, he, he, all those bikers was old dudes too. He transitioned all them, getting them into the jail because he was a doctor at the county. He had to see each one of them, and he did it. He did it in like one day, a day and a half. He saw every one of those patients and got them booked. When they got booked in, he took care of their medical. Amazing. We got people that can't do that over a week at these jails up here. And, and so those strategies, he created a business through that. Now he goes all over the place teaching counties how to do it, and he's got a system that he sets up, and he, they pay him for it. 
That's how it goes. He learned something. He figured out what works. You grow it into a strategy. You, you, you send that off to get it patented as a strategy of yours, and then you make money off of it, teaching other people how to do it. It ain't nothing but us in the way of us. We've got to get out of our own way. But that's that fear that you're talking about, the yes, we do it. It's not just us. Other people do it, but we do it the worst because we're the best at something, but we won't give ourselves the kudos or the pat on the back and say, get at it. You know what? It's your time. Do it, big boy. Do it now. We don't, we don't big up ourselves. And we don't trim the fat. That fat is also people that we have in our way. It's 10 seconds for online. Let me see if I can boost that before it cancels. Give it another 15 minutes there. I think I did it. Let's see. I set it in, but did it take? Yeah, it took. Good. We're still streaming. Now, um, where was I at? Oh, trimming the fat. Back to trimming the fat and going places other places. Build where the future is. I didn't get to that one. But trimming the fat, the, a lot of people around us, even our family, sometimes our parents, they are albatrosses around our neck, and we just, for sake of tradition, we're scared to cut them off. It doesn't mean you have to cut them off every facet of life, but you've got to cut them off in a way that they can no longer pull on your emotions and your heartstring. Um, people that we're in love with, thank you, B. Norris, people that we're in love with, people that we have um, connections with as friends, they are friends in one way. But sometimes you can't discuss business presence because there becomes a negative spirit, and it might be a spirit of envy, and then it might be a spirit of jealousy. I don't know always. It's one of the two usually, but it's not always. Sometimes it's a fear that somebody will leave them if they get on because they probably would leave us if they got on. I I don't know. You and I, we're not like that. People that listen to this show, we, we cut from a different fabric. Because if you fool with me and you, you get down with me, then you understand. Um, if, if you win, I feel like I win. Because even if I get a chance to hang on to your coattails, I don't need you to send me no money. Now, if you want to, all fine and dandy. But if you let me just get the game in, if you let me figure out, okay, this and this, this and this, this, okay, X, Y, over the 2 minus the H equals the C. Okay, I got it. I know how to get to the C. And, okay, the C times B equals Z. Okay, okay, I got, this. I got the formula. I'm not doing what you're doing. I'm not treading on your feet, but I'm going to go use this formula over here because I think that if I get over here, I can mimic the same thing, not be in your way. I'm not going to be anybody else's way, and I'm going to bring a new thing to this. Boom, back. Now I got a food truck. You know what I mean? So um, the, the, the thing with us not wanting to invest in ourselves is only usually an internal fear from tradition, but it could also be that we didn't trim the right fat away from us and we share our, our energies with the wrong people and then they take and turn that against us. Not always for the bad, but it's not always for the good either. Okay, good, good, good question. Good, good thought. Good, good comment, D, uh, Big D. 
Let me finish off tonight. I know I'm going over, but stick with me, y'all. Um, build where the future is. This is the last point I want to bring up. Build where the future is, okay? Listen to me. Listen to me now. Build where the future is. You ever look at these neighborhoods? I'm sure most of us that are listening to this show are at least 30. I might have some 20-somethings, but I doubt it. If you're 30, right, if you're 40 for sure, and 50 and 60 and 70s for damn sure, you've been around somewhere where you've seen growth, okay? You've seen where a place that used to be a swamp or a damn forest is now a neighborhood, $400,000 houses. If you're in Longview, you go out, what is that, 2208, 2207, whatever, Alpine, what is the name of that street? I guess it's Alpine because the golf course is out there. Go past the golf course and keep going. All the way till you get to 2204 or whatever that is. Those on the left and those on the right are houses worth anywhere from 275 grand up to a million. Many of them are over a million. And all that used to be trees. I've lived here long enough where that was only trees. I would have never thought that the bottoms of Harleton, they would start building million-dollar homes now. They're they doing it. Somebody had the vision to develop where the future is. Somebody said, I'm going to take this piece of land that I can get for three or $4,000 an acre and, and, and develop it to sell it for some of them properties are forty dollars and $50,000 for just the land, y'all. You think I'm bullshitting? Look it up on Realtor.com. Somebody went in there with a bulldozer on something they paid three to $7,000 an acre for, and now they're selling half and whole acres for anywhere from twenty five to 60000 in certain areas where somebody decided to build where the future is. Let me give you a hit. Let me hit you to the game. Inner city, these little lots that people don't want to take care of, they come up on a tax roll sometimes. A lot of people don't want to buy them. A lot of people have them. They're not keeping up with them. They're going to lose them to the city, not to the county for taxes because they're not keeping them up. You can go get them joints for anywhere from $500 to $2,500, maybe $3,000. You keep it clean and clear. And maybe even think about getting with a builder and saying, hey, look, let's build a house on here and let's split the, split the profits. Let me tell you something. It don't cost nothing but about 30 to 40 grand to build a little house. You can build a, a two-bedroom, one-bathroom house for $38,000 and sell that joker for 60. You bought the property. You bought it for two grand. Y'all all in for 40 grand, and you sell it for 60. A two-bedroom, one-bathroom house don't take but two months to build, and I'm going a little heavy on that. You mean to tell me you buy that property, you have a buddy that knows how to build, come in and build it for thirty-eight grand, and y'all split the sixty grand profit. You done made ten grand on your two thousand dollar investment. Come on, somebody. Show was Doc. The Walmart on Estes was 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 just land. It was just land. But let me tell you something. You know where they dug up. 
all of that dirt behind what is now the auto zone and over there behind them hotels on 20, there was, that's where that Hilton Garden Inn that's on 4th Street and Hawkins Parkway, that's where it was supposed to go. They were going to take that land, the dirt, where they dug out all that dirt to build Walmart up to be as high as it is off of 149. All that dirt came from across the street over there, a perfect pond. They were going to put a trail around it. Trust me. I was a part of helping develop that, that property. I was in the room when we were talking about it, except for them dirty folks at the city decided to try to do a public-private uh, partnership and left them Patels out of it. And the Patels that owned a lot of these other hotels, they were the ones who stopped it. That's why the Hilton Garden Inn is on the other side of town, and we don't have the event center over here on this side of town, right around the area where Walmart used the dirt because Walmart bought that piece of property. It's 17 acres back there. It's behind all those hotels along 20 and Estes Parkway, behind uh, Taco Bell. Y'all know where Taco Bell is by the interstate? Behind there is that property that's just waiting to get developed. I don't have the money to buy the land, but that's where a great hotel could go. But because they didn't allow the bidding to go out, to everybody, they only allow this one developer guy who lives out in Lakeport or Elderville, somewhere out there, they only allowed him to work the public-private partnership. He got X'd. But that is a great piece of property. All I'm saying is land anywhere you go is worth you buying it just about because they're not making any more of it. And if you can sit on it a little while, I mean, some of this property with no houses on it, you ain't paying but 20 30 bucks a year on the taxes and you might spend $200 a year getting somebody to mow it. You know, if you get somebody to mow it, you can find somebody to mow it for 20 30 bucks, maybe 40 bucks, and you ain't got to mow it every week. You just got to keep it from being over knee high, right? So that means you can mow that joker probably in the, in the growing time between late March, maybe, maybe April till, uh, say, September, October. You might get that joint cut five, six times. You only got to get it cut every six weeks or so. Every six weeks you can cut it. It'll, yeah, it'll grow out of hand, but it's this blank land. You just get them cut every six weeks. Pay them 20 to 50 bucks to cut it. And, um, you know, you, you know it's, it's still less than $300 a month, I mean a year for the tax and everything, until you figure out what to do with it. But if you're, if you're smart, you'll get with somebody and put a house on it, um, even a little small house. Everything is selling now. Everything is selling. You know how many people would love to have a little two-bedroom, one-bathroom house? They might spend 65. Let's say they spend 65 on it. 65 is cheap. Do you know right now, if I had to guess with a, let's say a high interest rate of 5 or 6%, I'm guessing that a $65,000 house with the taxes and insurance $500, that's the principal interest taxes and insurance. Principal interest taxes and insurance. Yeah, 500 bucks all day, maybe a four something percent interest rate. 500 bucks tops. It's probably sub 500. And if you got a decent credit score because you've been working on it, you could probably get in that joint for 400 bucks. Where can you pay for a two-bedroom, one-bathroom apartment for that? Come on, somebody. I know a notary right now. She's in an apartment. $1,450 a month. This is in another city, another state. 
but she couldn't get approved for a loan for a house that was only going to be $900 a month. But she can live in an apartment for $1,450. Now, all this I'm saying, y'all, is what I just talked about was build where the future is. You're going to have to go to places, use marketing strategies like I was telling you about my play sister, in places where you're going to find people who are going to potentially be customers. You're going to have to do business with people that you've probably never done business with before, you, you, with before but you've got to just check their track record. If their track record is good and you've never done business with them before, nine times out of ten, good to do business with them. But if their track record is bad, you know, you might want to leave them alone. But other than that, um, if, if they worth, you know, dealing with and other people vouch for them, try something. Try something. Partner up. Just because you do one business, it doesn't mean you can't start another one with a business partner. As long as y'all both got the same amount of skin in the game, so as long as y'all both have as much to lose, that's the important thing. You have as much to win and you equally have as much to lose because becoming a partnership is a tough thing, right? Partners, um, you got to both have the same skin in the game. You got to both be, you know, able to lose the same amount. It can't be that you would lose more than they would lose if the business went down because you put in a little bit more. No, partners is partners. Ain't no such thing as 70-30, okay? Partners is partners, 50-50, okay? Ain't nobody pulling in the uh-uh. No. You ain't going to have me pulling all the weight and then making half the money. And and I'm not going to have you uh, making twice the money and then I'm pulling all the weight. Uh-uh. Ain't going ain't gonna to do that. No. Um, it's got to be a partnership. And ain't nothing wrong with going into a business partnership. Write it down. Make it plain. Put it on paper of how you're going to do it. Everything is 50-50. Not only the, the profit, but the expenses. And we're going to do this. If it doesn't work right, we dissolve this thing with our agreement that we split it down the middle, whatever we dissolve when we dissolve it. But you want to look at it as going in to make business. So that's a future, too. If it's something that's 10000 and you know you only got five, but you know this other person got five, and they're willing to go in, and they're willing to take the chances that you're taking, put y'all's 10 together. That's another thing, Big D, that's with us when it comes to us investing in ourselves. We're scared to invest with other people, thinking that these Negroes going to cut out. No, you just got to find people that equally got something to lose like you do. And they're out there. I, I, I'm chopping at the bit to find a good business partner for something. I'm not going to tell you what my limit is on what I'm willing to spend in it, but if we got something and it's, if we can come to agreement of what it is, if I got to go get a personal loan, my own self, that I have to pay back to invest in it, I'm ready to put it down. I'm trying to figure out how I can write this letter to one of these franchisees of a major restaurant chain to get me one of them chains. I didn't know they was that cheap to get one. I didn't know. And all they got to do is accept you. I'm thinking about doing that. I'm like, shoot, I can do that on my own. And I can make about two hundred grand a year? Shh. Let me find out selling some food will make me two hundred grand a year, plus I'm paying 30, 40, 50 people on my staff, okay? This is after you paid all your expenses, and you got to pay the franchise 50%. That's okay. This is one of them ones that no, no, you don't lose with this one. <laughs> you know, kind of like McDonald's. If you got a McDonald's that's failing, you are a sucker. You hear me? You a sucker. So, y'all, that's, that's the show for the evening. I don't 
I don't want to belabor y'all too much long 